Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Roundtable. I'm Wendallion, and I am hosting here with the rest of the roundtable. Miku, glad to have you on. Thanks. Good to be here. Battle Angel. Hello. And Roar. Always a pleasure. And this week we are covering the anime ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. And as always, I'm sure opinions are going to vary. But um, before we get too deep into the weeds, why don't we decide what we're going to be watching next month for March? Yep. So there was a tiebreaker for No Game, No Life and Promise Neverland. Um, however, at the moment, No Game, No Life is currently winning. I believe you haven't voted though, Wind? Oh, yeah. I think that's what I'm going to vote for. Um, wasn't that uh, suggested in the... Uh, uh, yeah, well, Promise Neverland was um, rated like rank two for seasonal anime of that time. No Game, No Life has a cult etchy following. So it was ranked number two. One of two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was number one from what Miku was saying. Uh, then I'll change my vote. Yeah, let's watch that instead. Promise because I, okay. I don't know a thing about either one of them, and I would rather spend my time watching something that had. I think you will like Promise Neverland better because it's sci-fi. Okay, um, give it a shot. Done. All right. So next month's anime is Promise Neverland. Promise Neverland. It's also just released to season two. So, but we'll just be watching the first three episodes at a minimum of Promise Neverland season one. If you want to watch all the way through, that's perfectly fine. Okay, um, someone more familiar with this anime than I was, um, ReZero, give us a quick rundown of what the show, like what um, sort of genre it is, and a little bit about what the the overall the overall plot is. All right, if you don't mind, I'll I'll, I'll do that because I recommended it, and then Miku and Val, if you could just add additional items. Sure. All right, so it's an izakai. So basically, um, you get born in another world, um, except for the main character, um, Subaru, has a special ability that whenever he dies, he resets to a checkpoint. So kind of like a video game, um, except for he remembers everything that happened um, up to the reset point, and he f- has f- feelings and memories. So he remembers his death, and so it can be quite traumatic. And basically, it's his adventure um, in this other world where he meets and falls in love with the second main character, the main heroine, um, which Bao might have some objections to that because um, there's a few. And it's his adventure there. Anything to add, guys? It's a bit like what if Groundhog Day, but actually traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I suppose Groundhog Day is traumatic, but they at least show you the trauma in this. Yeah, the other thing with this for me was that, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, um, although we say that Subaru is the main character, he has fallen into Amelia's world. So we're actually following Amelia's story. He just ends up being the main character in her story rather than it being a story about him specifically. Yeah. 
the way it's written is he's more of a supporting character to Amelia's story, but it's it's following his story because the resets essentially you have a lot more information about the other characters that they forget because obviously that they reset and he doesn't. Okay. Uh, so nothing else to add on it. I, I actually got the same kind of Groundhog Day vibe from it. Um, although I thought uh, Bill Murray was pretty traumatized in that show. He tried to kill himself a bunch. He he is, but you don't get to see it in the movie of Groundhog Day. You get to see Subaru's visceral death multiple times. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they, like, he'll drop the toaster in the water and that's the end of it. You don't see him yeah, actually they, being electrocuted. They, they, they usually car away before you get would get Bill Murray getting disemboweled. Yeah, or hit by the train. <laughs> so, um, which actually happens in this anime yes. multiple times. <laughs> All right. Um, so, like, are we ready to start uh, breaking down by category? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So let's start off with artwork. Um, who wants to Who wants to uh, start it out? Um, so the highest rank, yeah, you've, you, we've basically got, um, one, six, two sevens and an eight. So I'm going to justify why I gave it a six. I think the artwork is fine. I think it is very much generic fantasy art for the most part Hmm. and not even overly detailed generic fantasy art. Which I think I'm just on the maybe a little bit over uh, exposed to at the moment with the trend of isekai being the dominant genre of of anime. Hmm. Uh, I think some of the giant monster designs from later parts of the season slash season two are inter- are really interesting, but overall I didn't feel that the designs were great. I thought they were just okay. Hmm. Yeah, season two definitely gets better where, um, you know, Park and that, you see better designs for them. Um, I didn't like the moderator. Um, however, I the artwork is fairly popular. Like if you look at the the um, a lot of the character design artwork, um, they're very popular, like Rem and Ram, um, et cetera. But they're just basically the main characters. Everything else is general Izakai. You're right. I would kind of agree along both of them lines. The only thing I would add is that the, obviously being that it's quite a bit around the seven deadly sins as well. Um, the reason I upped it from a six to a seven was that the archbishops are designed to be quite creepy and quite scary. And I actually think that works really well in it. But as an overall, I think it is pretty, pretty generic cookie cutter kind of artwork. Yeah, I didn't like the um, the Sin Archbishop of Sloth. is great. So <laughs> I actually, yeah. I actually uh, rated this as an eight. I thought the artwork was pretty solid. Um, I didn't necessarily enjoy some of the background work, uh, except when he, the main character, would wake up in uh, the the bedroom. And, which looked, I thought, really, really good, really well done. And um, I thought the character designs were okay. Um, but the uh, that was the artwork for me was actually the highlight of the show. 
I kind of think we've all kind of along the same lines. We're we're, we're pretty well bunched together. We've not got a, an exorbitantly high high or a low low on this. Well, we're averaging mm. a seven. <laughs> yeah, it, so. it does feel like it's a weighting difference on the. I'm waiting. The fact that I don't think the background design and the like world design are that interesting. High, more importantly, than I think wins on the the characters actually look really really nice and are quite clean, interesting designs. Yeah, that's kind of where I was coming from. Um, and it's just it's just a where we're where we're rate how heavily we rate each of these things that changes where we are on this poll. All right. Um... So uh, average of seven there. So next up is the music. And as I think that my rating is actually the one that needs to be explained first. Is that right? <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. So You're a five. I'm a five. And... Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we played the opening here at the beginning of this podcast. And if the entire opening had continued along as it started, um, it would have been a very, um, it would have been a, a very good piece for me, but it shifted gears way too many times, ended without ending, and which I guess is something that is much more popular today. And I didn't even enjoy the outro that much. In I will say the reason the reason it ended up getting a five for me was because in the actual show the music I thought was okay. It it didn't um, it didn't really hit my radar one way or another, which is usually means it's fine. Um, so the music in show actually got um, my rating up from probably a three. Okay. Yeah, I I, I kind of I feel where you're coming from there. Uh, my rating, like the rest of us rated it at six. I think it's the one of those. It's another one of those ones where I'm rating based on season one. Because I don't mm. think the music in season one was, I I don't think anything they did in season one with the music was very, in was like super interesting. Whereas mm. I think the stuff that they do later is obvious is much better. But I don't yeah. think you can rate something on the well. If if you get through this season, then you get to the really good stuff later. Yeah, isn't yeah. a way to rate anything. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the reason why. Like the music itself, especially in season one, would be a, a five. But I think where that what they really nailed well, and this is what comes to memory when I'm ranking this, is the sound effects. And like I can't get the sound effect of the the, the witch's um, sound when he dies and gets reborn, and it's like mm-hmm. creepy, right? So it fits really, I really well. Agree with, with that. Yeah, yeah. That's so the sound really effects for that it really fits it, and you feel it, and you're like, "What again?" And especially when you start hearing <laughs> it just before he wakes up, like when his vision's blurred, and you're like, "Oh no, what happened?" Um, especially when he's being slaughtered in the house, and he doesn't even know he's died. So, yeah, six it is, I think. Yeah, I, I actually prefer the. I I really enjoy the outro. Uh, I think wind is spot on with the intro. It it doesn't really work for me. Uh, the music during it is so unmemorable that well, it doesn't stand out in a bad or a good way. And six kind of sums that up, really. All right. Anything else on the music? 
All right, let's yep. uh, shift gears to the uh, animation of the show. And um, So I rated this a four, so I'm on the worst rating. Yep. Um, and then everybody else is, so Bal and Wind, you're a six, Mickey, you're a five. I rated this a four, I, so I re-watched this. This was actually my suggestion, and I re-watched it, but I re-watched the director's cut, which was a lot better from a storyline perspective. But it gave me the opportunity to actually look in the background and the animation quality in the background, and this is kind of what you touched on beforehand, is just chunky. It is so bad. It's so noticeable. It's so jarring. I didn't really notice it the first time a little bit, but the second time through, it's it was actually hard to watch. I I concur with this. I did the same, and I, I rewatched the earlier stuff and realized just how... Uh, janky some of the animation actually is yeah. that they've through. And again, I rewatched, but I did something different. First time around, I watched it in Japanese, and the second time I watched it in English. And watching it in Japanese, I uh, didn't really notice anything bad about the animation quality at all. When I watched it in English, it was far more chunky. Because you were busy was... reading. Because <laughs> I was more focused on it, but it took away my enjoyment of watching it. Um, so if I'd if I'd done it based on the Japan watching it in Japanese, even though it's exactly the same, because my focus wasn't on it, I would have given it a seven. Hmm. I would actually, I'd actually English. push you guys to to vote it under five because I think it's below average for animation quality. So that's actually where I started out, and um, because I was seeing what I call uh, too much slip and slow. Um, there were there were parts of it where it didn't seem like all of the animation was even moving at the same speed and <laughs> and the um and when i say slip if you're watching someone walk across ground for instance if they're if it looks like they're moonwalking that's slip for me mm. and i saw some of that in this show um so was it to do with the carriages because that's really jar- sometimes the carriages move sideways, and sometimes they they're spinning really fast with how they move. Oh, that could all. the I think that was my problem with the the speed of the animation. But I, actually, when people were walking in town, I could see um, their feet slipping across the background of the uh, of the pavement that they were supposed to be walking on. And that just that bothers me. I so I did have it rated lower, but I thought maybe I was being too harsh. I think my disagreement with Roar is that I think it is definitely average for a seasonal show. Yeah, fair. I don't think it's it's worse than most seasonal shows. I think the issue is that because things are being made in the timescale they are now, there's a lot of these like mm. these sort of things that happen. Fair, that new one that you suggested, um, I am a spider, so what of it? It's worse. Yeah, yeah the animation <laughs> is, is worse. But I think that show is very funny, which is why I'm giving it a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah no, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm still watching it. So, um, But, yeah, I would rate that probably a three. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, but I, I think ReZero is basically average for, yeah. which I think our, rate, our overall ratings kind of show off. All right. I agree. Um, does that uh, bring us to storyline? Does. All right. Uh, I guess I'm up first again on this. 
um, so here was my problem. I, I rated it at, at a six. So obviously it wasn't, a, you know, terrible, terrible, but this was my big problem with it. It didn't flow for me at all. The story itself was interesting, but the way it was presented, I didn't like. And the reason is because you could go for an episode and a half with almost no progression. And then all of a sudden, the next time he woke up, there was huge progression. And it, it, it just didn't seem like it. I, I don't know. It, it seemed unbalanced to me. So... Uh, like I said, the the story itself fine. I just thought the presentation was a little clunky. I loved the storyline of this. I loved the whole idea of of it being a little bit like Groundhog Day, a little bit like Live Die Repeat, um, it, which might have been called Edge of Tomorrow um, in some places. Um, I. For me, the storyline that it's called I, "All You Do, All You Need Is Kill," but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's thousands of versions of that that title. Um, but I love the idea of this in that he die, he dies, he comes back to life at the beginning, but he's still haunted by what happened, and it has a real impact on his relationships, and he changes things, and sometimes it changes for the worse before it gets better. So, um, uh, in I don't know how far you got wind, but at a certain point, Ram dies. Um, at a certain point, Rem dies. And it's all because of choices that have been made. The only thing I would say is that because he can come back to life, or he does come back to life, and there seem to be different reset points, in the first season, the reset points are very, very convenient for when, for when Subaru dies. He resets before he's done any permanent damage. And therefore, he has another chance to correct it. In season two, or at the end of season one and the beginning of season two, that does change a little bit. And I think that does make the story much better. I don't know if Miku and Roar agree on that one. Miku? So I went with an eight as well uh, on the. I really like the overall story behind the whole thing um, that's happening, sort of. It's kind of at the point where the beginning of this stuff is happening in the background, and we don't really have the full explanation for it because of the way the whole thing, because of the way the stuff set up where we're watching through Subaru's eyes. I also quite like the the trial and error. Or oh, what if I do this? How does that avert this problem? Or oh, someone like someone is dying every day. Because uh, let's try and like touch everything to work out what it is that's actually causing the death. A little bit like um, that in Dungeons and Dragons. A little bit like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little. But the thing that it, it's actually it's actually the thing that um, Wind knocked it for, which is the I quite like the the problem solving aspect that is created by the story, where there's often points where I'm sitting there going, "Okay, can I work out?" before the main character exactly what's happening from what we've already seen. So it's a bit like reading like one of those uh, detective thriller crime novels to me of you want to feel smart by having worked out who's doing everything before the main character gets there. 
if that makes any sense. No, I completely mm. agree on that front. My one criticism... Oh, sorry, Rob, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to interject here and just say... Um... It's funny, actually, because Cowboy Bebop was the last one, right? And the storyline and character development piece of this is very similar in the way that Cowboy Bebop is, that it gives you a character without the background. And with this one, that you've got the character and the character development is built in current time but with different resets, Um and it's the different reactions to those characters that causes the character development. Um, I think that this is very similar to the way that Cowboy Bebop is, that you don't have all the information. And like Miku said, you've got to figure it out. And like, why is this character like this? And why did they change their reactions? And what's happened? And why are they doing this? Especially when, as you said, Rem is, you know, starting to kill the, the main character. And then all of a sudden she likes him and, then I think the whole premise around it is interesting because you said she get initially he starts at a reset point, uh, which is really convenient. It's actually not convenient because he hasn't met um, Amelia. And so his whole premise through the whole seasons is you saved me. And she's like, when did I do that? I didn't do that. But that was on the first reset. She did actually save him from the, the, the knifing thieves. And that's how, when he started to fall in love with her, and that's what caused all the issues, the fact that it got reset at that point. And it's the only one that does it that way, but then he understands it. And so I actually think the first reset is not convenient, and that builds the characters. Uh, I would disagree and say about it not being convenient. It is convenient still. The problem is is that he's not fully understanding it. Oh, yeah, so it's his power, yeah. Yeah, because of effectively the the reset point. Effectively, the he he resets every time. Basically, every every time he dies, but he normally dies after somebody else that he's spoken to has died. Um. So, so for example, he resets after he dies the first time, but the second time he resets, Re, uh, Ram has died. Um, mm. and and so on. So he always goes back to that first bit. So yes, he has to re- reintroduce himself to Amelia, um, and so on and so forth. So he's got the perfect opportunity to shape the way she I, sees him, but he doesn't because of he's hung up on the fact that I'm. I, I would like to say that this discussion is not storyline. This discussion would be character development. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I want to. I want to. We'll come into that in a minute. With storyline, if you want to watch the director's cut, wind it's way more smooth. With um, there's a few like episodes in between which describe like a date or another situation that adds a little bit more of that buffer between where uh, when you watch the non-director's cut, it kind of slips to like it cuts out a date and um, that date's actually important to understand where the reset point is and, and what the timeline is. So it feels like it's weeks later, but it's actually the day later and just events outside of Subaru actually progress really quickly. Um, Because in season two, I don't know if we're dropping spoilers in this one, yeah, but there's I've, I've um hold off on season two spoilers. Yeah, okay. oh season yeah, two. Um, yeah. There's a few characters who are actually working in the background against other characters, and so it's um it explains why it's disjointed. So as Miku is saying, it's the detective piece of it. There's a lot going on in this world. I, I think that's my one criticism of it, and this is why I completely disagree with you when you compared it to Cowboy Bebop. With Cowboy Bebop, I was always sitting there thinking, 
I'm not really seeing any story, um, which which was understandable because it was very episodic in nature. Um, whereas with this, everything has a consequence, and sometimes the most minute thing has a has a ridiculous consequence. Like for example, when Subaru pets a dog, <laughs> something as innocuous as mm. petting a dog causes four episodes of trauma <laughs> effectively and that's my one criticism because you've you've got the you've got the seven deadly sins working uh, you've got the evil witch you've got the white whale you've also in the middle of that got a an election for who's going to be queen um sometimes just sometimes i felt like there was a little bit too much going on and i would have probably given this a nine or a ten for the storyline, if it had maybe cut out one or two aspects of that, that because the story could have worked without, for example, the story could have quite easily have worked without them all fighting to be queen, or at least in season one, that could have been held off quite comfortably. I, I quite, I quite love the idea that do you know why they're having an election for who's going to be queen? Yeah, because it's actually good. You can tell, you can find out if you like watch closely enough. And listen to what everyone said, but no one ever actually spells out to Subaru what, what what's going on. Therefore, as the audience, it's never specifically told to you, which I think is a really interesting way to do it. Like, because we're dropping spoilers this in this, why don't you just say it? Why don't you just say what it actually oh, it's, is? Uh, basically, it's the previous uh, person who would have been next in line was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Yep, and was lost. Therefore, we don't have any have a continuation of the. The, the line of the of the thing, so we're having to have an election for the next hmm. sort of suitable person. And the, the reason, reason why there's why... a lot of politics on that is because of the dragon. Do you want to have a chat through that? Uh, I don't think I'm going to talk about the dragon for this because the, yeah. the interesting one. The interesting one to me is that like felt who you meet at the beginning is in, heavily implied from like her looks and stuff. You can hear people talking about is that she looks like she looks very similar to the person who was abducted effectively yeah and she was an orphan yeah yeah um yeah well with i'll just mention just the non-spoiler point of the dragon is that the there's talks about that um the king was abducted on purpose because the dragon made a promise to protect the lands against the witches um, and that promises only to the current line of the king. And when that king's not ruling, it changes the situation. And this is where you bring in all the politics for everything, why the witches are working in the background and all that kind of thing. So that provides a little bit more context to what is actually going on. But you are correct. It's very hard to pick up unless you're being super attentive to what is going on. Well, I think it's a point in its favour because the the whole point is that your character that you are following everything through isn't a person who pays attention to that because all he care all he's caring about is yeah. the stuff directly in front of him. Yeah, exactly. After, Which brings us to our next point. If you guys want to segue, well, before we do, after listening to you guys talk about this, and I did only watch nine episodes. Um, maybe I'm being overly critical of the storyline um, because of my my uh, uh, 
low score for the. Maybe I should have scored character development lower and storyline higher, but uh, I. Uh, I have just rated up my as well because of. Yeah, when I think about it, although it is a bit heavy, I I, I think this is one of the better storylines in anime. And and that was like I said, the the actual story itself um, I thought was was good. Um, from what I from what I saw of it, it was just I guess the presentation that had turned me off. But um, again, I didn't watch the entire first season either, so um, I'm going to leave yes. it. I'm going to leave it as with, I had it. But with storyline, the reason why I didn't rank it higher, like what Bow just did, you think you punched it up to a nine now? Did you? Yeah, I put it up to a nine. I was toying between an eight and a nine originally. The only reason I didn't like the storyline as much as a nine, which I think the storyline could be, is because I believe the character development fits really well in with the storyline on this one. And I found it that I hated the storyline on some points and I loved it in other points. I think that's also probably if you love those kind of anime, um, you will love it. But there's certain movies that I don't like because of the same kind of thing. Like I like to enjoy it. And I found it hard to enjoy the storyline because I was so frustrated half the time. So, okay, so then that puts us to character development, and I'm going again first. Um, so I rated it a four, and the reason I rated it a four is because I didn't see a lot of difference. So the character, the main character to me was he started out selfish and he ended up selfish at least after nine episodes i didn't see a whole lot of growth because he just um he just wanted what he wanted and um and then would lament the fact that he wasn't getting it when uh, that that seemed to be the entirety of uh, of his whole reason for doing anything was to get exactly what he wanted how he wanted it and i didn't see that change a bit from the first episode to the ninth you are absolutely spot on win and i'm gonna say that i rated it a 10 <laughs> so completely the opposite you are absolutely spot on in that if i gave up after the first nine episodes subaru is just as selfish at the beginning as he is at the end. He does everything out of perceived love and and out of basically a bit of jealousy that he really wants Amelia to care for him in the way that he cares for her, and it doesn't really change at all. And I could say the same for the first nine episodes with every character. Rem and Ram don't change an awful lot. Um, Amelia doesn't change a lot. Once he starts to finally understand what's happening, because he is a bit thick, that's the main character being completely honest um once he finally starts to understand what's happening he starts to change and he does things for completely selfless reasons and he completely grows as a character but it's not just him amelia starts to open up and show her reasons for existing and her reasons for doing what she does um and there's i don't know if it was in the first nine episodes, but did you get to the point wind where Amelia and Amelia and Subaru have a big row because he of... wouldn't have. No, no, he's right. still in the middle of the dog problem. Yeah. 
Right. So, yeah. And, so. and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not putting him down for being a hedonist. I mean, I'm kind of one myself, but that's, uh, that's not necessarily growth. <laughs> So, so there is an episode, and it's not far off the way you gave up, in that he basically says exactly what you've just said. He he basically goes off on a rant where he goes, I'm doing everything for you, and you won't even look at me. And you don't understand, and you don't, you don't get it. And she goes, I would love, and she responds, which is, I would love to understand the reason you see me the way you see me. But nothing has happened to warrant it. And she goes, and I can't have someone who's a, basically a wild dog chasing his tail going around for her with no reason and no cause. And from that point on, Rem's character really starts to become a brilliant character. Mm. Uh, Ram's character opens up as well. Um, Amelia herself goes on a bit of a journey at that point where you stop seeing her as a little bit of a damsel and you start seeing her has this potential beauty, if that makes sense, who really opens up and her perception of the world is, despite everyone hating her, she still loves everything and she's trying to change people's perception of her, but by being as wholesome as she possibly can. And I I think that's the real swan song of this because of it's all about a character who is inherently selfish, inherently stupid, inherently dumb, expecting people to understand him for no real reason. And when he finally starts to, and people start understanding him, they, he starts to behave in a way that's maybe more befitting of a main character. And I think that the growth yeah. in him and in Amelia and in Rem, my three favourite characters in the show, um, is unbelievable. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I so I'm like lower middle of this with yeah. the seven, but I I feel that for I think that I have had I I almost dropped it around about the same time that Winter stopped watching. Yeah, same. Like when I first watched it, because Subaru is the worst main character. Yeah, He's the worst. Agreed. And then I actually dropped it for two weeks uh, at the point where the argument Bal is talking about happened. Which just proved yep. that Subaru has no self-awareness. Yep. <laughs> I agree. He's, project- he's projecting everything that happens in all of his loops onto everyone else, hmm. despite them having no knowledge, never having been involved in any of this. And he can't seem to understand that there's a reason why no one remembers all the stuff that he's done. Because mm. he had to reset every time. Yeah. It's, it's the interesting one of, there's, there's a reason why no one but Subaru has character development for the first 20 episodes almost of the of the first season. Oh, I disagree with Sorry. that. I think Rem particularly about the time that, that Rem and Subaru go off on their little adventure. Rem really Don't. does. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to be like, eh. Rem's character development goes from "I hate you, I'm going to murder you" to actually, "Hey, I'm in love with you now for no real reason." Well, that you've got the in the Matthias realm, or like what is it? That realm, um, Roswell's realm, with the situation with the the in the village yeah. with the dog. 
that's what changes yeah. her mindset because how hard he fights and she doesn't understand I th- why. I, th- I think her character development is fine. I think Amelia basically doesn't have character development for the first season because every time she, everything we see that she has character development, it's usually something that gets reset, mm. which is a problem. Uh, yeah. Subaru in the last ten to five to ten episodes jumps manages to jump from being like been the whole thing to finally understanding how like how to behave more and how to be more of us like he's he he always pretended at being selfless with the way he acted but mm. you could tell what was actually happening was just always for himself mm. and then he's projecting onto other people being like don't you know what I've done for you but only in the last five or so episodes of the season does he like and the stuff with uh, getting past the whale and the stuff with uh, with Battle Goose does he mm. actually finally show that no no he is he's learned that he actually now is actively being doing things for other people in a way rather than because he thinks he's going to get a reward at the end of it mm. because the issue is he starts off as being probably one of the more accurate character examples of what a person who just found out they've been teleported to a fantasy world with a weird power that made them uh, somehow better than everyone else. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He gets kind of... And then and then it's his... He has an inability to tell people what's happening with him, which isn't other people's fault, but he projects it onto them. And mm. it's only in that last little bit that he finally realises that he can't just be who he was before and expect people to deal with him, deal with all his mm. shit. <laughs> and I think that's the change that makes it a seven for me. Because I think if if it hadn't been for the last like portion of that season, I'd probably be down with wind on the it, it was garbage mm. in terms of character development. And I think yes. that season two's done really well for pushing that character development into like Ram and Amelia and such like and now you're getting more of a mm. where like getting to see everybody else grow but you had to get through season one where like eventually Subaru grew as a person so that now you can see other people grow yeah because you've got to get to the white whale direction. killing I think in order to start understanding the character development you've got to get to the end of the white whale killing segment probably yeah. even the and... belt um segment and that's what in like episode 14 or something like that mm. 14 or 15 yeah I, i'm much like you i dropped this a lot of times and i rank this highly the question is character development and i think you're mm-hmm. right i think the character development is really good and realistic in some areas my issue and as you know very well miku is I actually don't like the main character. I dislike him. He reminds me of Shinji from Neon Genesis Evangelion, which you love. I like Shinji. I, I know. Like Shinji. <laughs> but I just find this, the main character, unrealistic, like a big baby. He just needs to harden up. And I don't think it's, I think it's realistic for some people in this world and reality, but I don't think it's realistic for everybody. And I understand the madness piece of it. And that's why I think character development is really good. 
But if it was characters and character development, this would be a strong six for me because I'm I'm just like you and Wind. I dropped this twice and I almost dropped it again rewatching it. The only reason why I kept watching it the second time is because I know that there's an ending to his behavior. Um, well, it comes back. But, that, but that's weirdly, why I, I massively it's... disagree with the he has the hard up thing. I think the letting of the whole thing is like him trying to be on his own and be all cool and help people like and be strong by himself mm. was the wrong method because all it did was drive him to further and further despair where he started to alienate everybody he was trying to impress mm. or help in quotation marks depending on whose perspective you're looking at mm. and i i have i completely disagree with roar as well in that i actually think that as a character i probably know more people like subaru than anyone else in the show in real life. I think the number of people that do things which is supposedly for selfish, selfless reasons, but in reality, it, it isn't. And I think that's a real... And it didn't make me have any forgiveness for the character because I think he was a complete nut at all. But he... <laughs> even at the end, when he's doing things for selfless reasons, he, he's still not a good person. Um, although he's starting to do good things, it's that argument of we we had a very long dis- argument about this about Magneto. How many how many good things do you have to do to undo all the bad things you've done up until that point? And well, Subaru he just needs to die. To... <laughs> well, this is the thing. That's where Subaru redeems himself. That's the one area where he redeems himself. But every he time can't. He's an absolute dick. And he dies. He gets a chance to do it better. <laughs> yeah, until until the um, white whale segment when he literally yeah. makes a dick of himself to Amelia, like total, total, total. Yeah, it's it's the issue of it's the first time. That's probably the first time where it's like his reset is after the point where the thing he probably wants to fix about what he did. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> yeah, and that was my argument about where I felt like early on the resets were too convenient because they were always at a point where he's cocked up and he has a chance to redo it. Later on, and I think this is where season two in particular improves, his actions start to actually have consequences because of every time his action has a consequence early on in the seasons, the reset button starts and he gets the chance to completely redo it all. Mm. And, and so now we're starting to see consequences of his actions and it's when he starts to see the consequences of his actions that he actually starts to become more human and become more likable to an extent. All right. We want to uh, hop over to overall enjoyment then. Yep. So we've got um, Roar and me rated it an eight, and we've got Miku on a six and you on a five wind. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think that I've made the point throughout. Um, my The favorite part of this for me was the, the artwork, and um, the rest of it was mediocre at best and in some cases not even that Mm. but again uh, i feel like um 
I need to go ahead and watch the rest of the season one to get a get a different or or a more well grounded perspective. Hmm. Al, you want to go? Yeah, um, it's an eight for me. It's it's not up there with my absolute favorites, although it does have some of my favorite characters. Um, there were too many things that were a little bit irritating for me to rate it as a as a truly a truly phenomenal show. Like, mm. for example, I cannot stand the character of Roswell. Yeah. <laughs> I loves loathe, him. I loathe the character of Roswell. The voice just goes through me, and it's. And I watched I'm say this, in Japanese. I'm going to say this, Sorry. my love of Roswell is not based off of the uh, this season of show. It's entirely based off of uh, the Isekai Quartet comedy shorts show that all the characters are also in. Yeah, okay. So that doesn't say much for him. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, um, I watched him in Japanese and I didn't like the voice. Um, and it didn't matter what he did, his voice was a bit jarring. And then I watched it in English. On the second list playthrough, and my disdain for him when he was in Japanese went up ten notches. Yeah. It was just horrifically bad. Like it was like chalk on a uh, uh, nails on a chalkboard bad for me. And the ups and downs of the show, I think you you're all spot on. And I think episode nine is about the point where a lot of people probably would give up. Wind, if I'm being honest. Uh, I certainly quit there, but uh, like I said, I may go ahead and and try to muscle through the rest of it at some point. Mm. Yeah, the first nine episodes really probably could have been shortened down to five, um, which would have sped things up. Because you are right, that first nine episodes, you don't get a lot of growth. And it kind of... It kind of prevents it from being a truly great show if you're reviewing just the first season. Mm. I think with this one, I think they've done well. Isekai as a genre generally has some sort of super overpowered overlord-based character who basically comes in, sneezes, and wipes out the universe. Um, And Subaru has the most impressive power uh, but he's not impressive at all. And that's what builds it. I think what makes this anime is the character development. And unfortunately, the character development is so good uh, later on because the character and characters are so bad early on. And I think that's what makes um, the character development so good. So this is why I ranked it higher because I really enjoyed the character development piece. But with the character development means you're going to have highs and lows of watching the anime because the characters are sometimes really terrible. Um, and that means you can't basically identify with them because um, generally you want to watch shows where you can identify with the character or identify something, understanding. Um, so- Wind, I would recommend that you just punch through at least. If you can't get through to the end of um, like the white whale one, then drop it. It's not going to be for you, but I would recommend that you give it a go just so you can see it through. So let me ask you um, a quick quick question about what you just said about character development. So, yep. so you agree, and correct me if I'm wrong, you agree that in the beginning there was very little. Yeah. 
And at the end, there was a lot. So mm-hmm. let me ask you, is there, a, is there enough character development when it becomes a lot to make up for 26 episodes? Yeah, I think by the yeah. time you get the 15 episodes, it is. Because, see, this is where you have the issue. In order to have a really strong character development, you have to explain the storyline. And this is what Miku was saying with the storyline is you, you're, you're putting a character into a world where he doesn't understand the story, he doesn't understand the customs and those kind of things. So in order for him to interact with the world correctly, he has to come from a point of ignorance. You know, so he doesn't have an honor system and those kind of things. And I think that's what fits it really, really well. I think it might be the pacing might be a little bit too slow in order for it to be yeah. enjoyable. But I think it's good. Sorry, Mickey. I think I think the thing is what, what you're going for is that the first half to three quarters of the show, you are establishing the kind of people like person he is yeah. and all the problems that causes. And then it's the you're watching him grow from this place where you're like, why can't you just be better? And then he gets better and you're like, mm-hmm. yay. Well, and, and then it gets worse I, again. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that was my, well. that, that was my, that was my concern. So I, I take it back to the saltine cracker and the Ritz. If a starving person is given a saltine, he's going to swear it's a Ritz. But if he's just had a steak dinner, he's going to say it's just a saltine. We haven't had any character development to speak of for half of the show are you starving at that point and just think it's a ritz cracker no it is is actually like the character villain continuation is actually really good the problem you've got is that i think the pacing is hindered by the conceit of the show almost at Mm. that point yeah and that's true you've been in you've been wanting it's like four and a half five episodes worth of resetting at the same point where you are something like that yep Right around that, anyway. And I think there's another episode at least to go before you would get through this this reset. Yeah, there's two information resets on on the village episodes on the village arcs. Yeah, yes. and they they re- they really are hammering home the the ability that he's been given, which has the issue of also slowing down the pacing a lot at mm. that point in the show. So what you're thinking of, like, hey. We've get, it's it's it, you're, are you telling me it's fifteen episodes to get to the point where anyone starts changing and it's like well yes but only like that's less than a third of that's less than a third of the actual story that's happening. It just so happens that you spend a bunch of time in this because they have to hammer home the gimmick of the of the ability. Can I? Is I think the problem. Yeah, go. Uh, okay. The, for the first fifteen episodes, well, especially for the first ten episodes, you are seeing everything through the eyes of Subaru, and there are hints along the way that all isn't as it seems. But you are seeing it through the eyes of Subaru, so Subaru sees Amelia as this shining light. So you see Amelia through the eyes of Subaru. So you see exactly what Subaru sees, which is why he's beside. So in his eyes, he sees her as an angel. We all see her as very two dimensional because that's how he sees her. It, it's infatuation rather than anything based on truth. Um, when when he starts to open up and he starts to realise that trying to show off doesn't do the trick, he starts to actually understand who the characters are for who they are rather than for who he's built them up in their head to be. So the first 10 mm-hmm. episodes of you seeing it, he's infatuated by 
Emilia. Rem and Ram can do no wrong, despite the fact they've tried to kill him. Um, because of the way he's built them up in his head. He's built them up as this unbelievable, as this unachievable, unredeemable thing. And he believes he has to go above and beyond on everything in order to impress them. It's only when he starts to realise that he needs to just be himself. Um, and he and he needs to not show off so much, so to speak, that they start to understand him. And then he starts to see the real them, if that makes sense. And okay. I, I agree that it takes a bit long to get there, but I, I think it all, it it's what makes it such a realistic character piece, if I may, if to me anyway, because mm. I think that's how most adults grow up. As a child, you try to, impress everyone as you grow up you start to grow out of that and you start to see people for who they really are for the good and the bad and then you find out who you like who you love based on the good and the bad sides of them not just based on the infatuation that you initially see um now, can i justify my position on this because i so i gave it a six i'm like one mark above wind uh, i think this season of television uh, anything where I have to force myself through it <laughs> to get to a point where it starts becoming good cannot be above a seven. Mm. It is not possible. If, That's if I am looking at half of the series going, I cannot, ju- I cannot justify to anyone who drops it. You, See, know, I... you, you definitely don't get it. You need to watch this because. I think you are perfectly within your rights to get to that point. Go, nothing's really happened. I hate the guts of most of these people. I'm I'm done. And I'm not going to say that you should be f- like. I, I'm not saying. The, I think the show gets a lot better after that. But I think that opening thing is such a such a pacing problem that I can't justify giving it too high. Um. I have a bunch of issues like that with the way the show has been paced. And again, a lot of my love for what the show does in its story is based around having liked the later half after my friend convinced me to force through it and going back and being like, I'm going to watch this and just ignore everything happening with Subaru and try and work out from people talking in the background what's actually going on. Hmm. Um, the other one is this is possible. This is probably like what, like season one of this show is probably like what the like fifteenth, sixteenth best Isekai show. Yeah, which is as one that was mentioned earlier with an overpowered protagonist, like Overlord is just head and shoulders better than this show. Season one, like yeah, like Overlord that. is good. Yeah, <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Like so, I. I agree and I disagree. I think the pacing and characters are terrible. The director's cut is much better. So if you are watching this from a blank, I would be I would watch the director's cut um, for season one. Um, I think the characters really you like them more in season two. With Bao, you mentioned about um, the voice actor for Roswell. Um, I think you really need to pay attention to the background a bit more, just like. Um, what um, Miku had said because I think there's a reason why he talks like that. If you watch other characters and then look at his backstory arc in season two, 
that will explain him a little bit better. Um, oh, no, I completely agree with you. It's not. It's not about. I, I can understand any reasoning for his voice. It's just that no matter what, his voice <laughs> just sounds you. like. Yeah, it just that it irritates me. It's. Yeah. it's um, and I, I can't get out of it. Like he could be the best character designed ever, but if he sounds the way he sounds, I'm oh. gonna struggle because I get you. That's I'm, what Poltergeist is like for me. For um, the sloth, I just oh, can't Beetle find guys. him. Beetle Beetle guys. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love these guys. Sorry, I forgot to say. Uh, you're like which part you have to get to? The first part where I felt that I was like, oh no, I need to watch the next episode was uh, the point where Subaru is frozen to death. Oh, yeah, that's a very good point, to be fair. The, 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 the Beast of the Apocalypse's appearance is the first time where I'm like, wait, what the what, what is this? What's happening? Yeah, so that's the witch arc, which is just after the, um, the white whale. So that is what we were saying, what Wynn should get to. He should... The, there is one final point I would like to add with regards to it, because of Obviously, we've we've spoken about the first nine episodes, and I absolutely loved the entire first season. I I really did, with the exception of moments that Roswell was on screen. I really enjoyed the entire season, um, and part of me enjoying a season is not liking people. So, for a, I'm going to give an example of what I think is the best TV show I've ever made is Game of Thrones, and every single character is unredeemable in at least one way and they're all detestable but you like them anyway and i kind of feel like that's the way i look at subaru is that there's so much to dislike about him but i can't help but willing him on and yeah you still don't like draven what (laughs) well that's just because draven's detestable and there's no redeeming quality so you should love him then Subaru has redeeming qualities, and and I think they're a little bit underappreciated. Um, yes, he does he does selfless things for selfish reasons, but he's still doing selfless things. Hmm. So if you do the right thing for the wrong reason, you've still done the right thing, even if your reason for doing it isn't good. Um, and therefore, it's still redeemable. If you do if you know the right thing and then you choose to do the wrong thing, that's not redeemable. He always does the right thing or he always tries to do the right thing. His emotions get the better of him. And although he's doing the right thing for his own gain, he still does the right thing. And I think that that makes him, well, at least for me, it makes me want him to succeed, even though I can see that he's doing it out of this forlorn, stupid child crush. Um, and this need to impress people, he's still trying to do the right thing, and I think that's that's not a bad thing necessarily. So, Miku, would you watch it again? If you uh, could take it back to blank and you hadn't watched it before, and you're your friend, would you recommend that people push through with it? So, my issue is, I, I would recommend people push through with it because I think that the later the the new stuff that's happening is so good. Okay, but I don't think I. I would blame anyone who's like, this is way too much to deal with before you get before it starts getting good. Yeah, okay. In the I have eight sort of eight friends in a chat 
who've tried to watch it and only two of us actually finished it. And it's the, yeah, I can understand. Season yeah. two is season two is a is very hard when we're rating based on just season one because when you go to season two, season two does take it up a notch. Um, so it's. Again, I think that's partially because it, it it's more involved with all the stuff I quite like, which is the the, the broader story of what's happening in the world. Mm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. And who Amelia actually is. All right. Well, um, composite ratings. So, if we look at artwork, um, our composite rating was a seven. The music was 5.75, and uh, let's uh, the animation quality was also 5.75. The storyline ended up at 7.5, as did the uh, character development. So if you take all of those and, um, and put them together, um, evidently I can't do math. Um, because the, the composite rating is higher than any of the other scores. I think I divided by the wrong number of categories. So we had, uh, let's see. Oh, seven. Give me just a second. Yeah, that's what I did. I divided by four instead of five. Uh, still didn't matter. Uh, so I can't do math. It's too early. Um, <laughs> but our overall enjoyment rating uh, was a 6.75. So um, does that... I think, I think that kind of sums up pretty much where we're at with it. We've got... Raw, would you class this as one of your favorites? No. I would say it's good, but I definitely wouldn't class it as one of my favourites. No, neither would I. And I'd, definitely you wouldn't win. And I think, Mickey, you think found the first season in particular very middling. If that... the, fir- the first season is, is a very middling show that is sort of gets good at the end. So I think them ratings are pretty fair. I would recommend that people watch it, though. So it's not one of my favourites, but... I would recommend that people watch it just because it's something that is different. It's novel. It's a novel idea. Um, you know, as Miku said, you, they're punching out like what five Izakaya season. Um, and a lot of them are just total trash. And this is one that isn't total trash. So it's worthwhile watching. I mean, to be getting 26 episodes out a year is not bad going, is it? I think the highest, the highest number of season we had was something like, 11 in one season. <laughs> 11 is a guy. Yeah, I think it was a season with 11. Not yeah, I've watched a, I've watched a few of them and they some of them are just horrendous. Like absolutely no storyline, terrible animation. Um Yeah. Resetting my life in a, with a smartphone was one of them. It was horrendous. <laughs> okay, so I mean to be fair, that sounds awful. <laughs> Hey, it's Izakaya. I watch everything. It's just what I do. I'm here to surf. So 6.7 was the correct composite, and then we rated overall enjoyment 6.75, so really close. That that feels feels like a safe. Yeah, I think that's safe. 
Um, are we decide, um, putting together a list for shows to recommend next month? Uh, yeah, so sure. anyone got any ideas? I really uh, want to recommend Black Butler. Okay. Sure. Kiro Setsuji for the Japanese people. It's made by Square Enix, right? It is indeed. And, and what genre it is, is it? Um, I'm, it's kind of tricky to really put it down as a genre. Um, it's like a Victorian supernatural drama. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With a little bit of yoi. Yeah. And it is one of the few shows and anime that I'd probably recommend watching in English. Okay. The English is infinitely better. And I think that might be because of Square Enix were doing it. Because obviously yeah, okay. they do focus on a Western audience as much as a Japanese. So is that three seasons these days? Is it? Uh, no, I think there's five seasons. Oh, what? Okay. Um, but but don't make the mistake I made. If we end up do watching it, don't make the mistake I made because if I I saw it on Netflix, I started watching what I thought was the first season, and it turned out to be the third. Okay. <laughs> Miku, uh, I would like to continue putting pushing for Welcome to the NHK. Yeah, I thought uh, that. Uh, conspiracy drama about uh, a shut-in who believes that he can't leave his house because everything outside is a conspiracy by effectively uh, what is the Japanese version of the BBC uh, to destroy him where he has like another thing that it means and he's like sitting at home and he's gone so stir crazy he's like talking to his like fridge and things and they, they're personified until one day he meets a girl who is sort of knocking doors for a religious group and she effectively tries to use psychology to fix him. Hmm. And uh, it is a very uh, it's a black comedy, let's put it that way. Okay. When? I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for you to recommend Neon Genesis Evan. <laughs> You're not ready. <laughs> I actually think Bao would love it. I think you should watch it without the Anime Club. I just think it's something that you would enjoy. No, I really want to wait for Anime Club because I want to be able to give a very fresh. Yeah, thought. I, I, I think but, I'm gonna wait, wait till the till the, the next movie comes out before I start recommending it again. Wind. I'm going with something old. Um. I would like for everyone to experience the OVA of Record of Lotos War. Ooh. And Ooh. so this is... I haven't watched that for a while. Yeah, so um, there, was, there was a television series and an OVA, and um, the OVA tells um, the story, actually a little bit different story, but um, the I think the animation and uh, artwork in the OVA are better. It's also shorter, so uh, people might get through it a little better. Um, but uh, it's uh, fantasy, uh, high fantasy, and it's, um, hmm. it's basically based on a... Um, it, you almost feel like you're in a role-playing game, like D&D. &D. Uh, one of the main That's characters cool. named Parn, uh, when he starts out, you know, his village gets attacked and he can't fight for nothing. But by the end of the show, he's, he's a badass. So, 
I mean, that's, um, you know, it's almost like you're, you're leveling up as you go through. So it, it was a lot of fun. And I think that, uh, there's probably a, a lot of younger folks out there that haven't seen a second of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And it sounds right up my alley. Roar? Um, well, I'm going to stick with Izakai just because I've seen a whole bunch of them. Um, but I'm actually going to refer to Miku because I've got two. Um, how, what would you consider an old anime wind? <laughs> what year? Um, Pre what? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um Definitely pre two thousands, right? Yeah, I would say probably that's okay. Well, these are both new. Log Horizons just re- released a season two, and I love Log Horizons. And the other one is, um, if you like a little bit more um, happier storyline, it's Gate G Tai. Do you know? Have you guys seen Gate? Yeah, it's the one about the Japanese Defense Force fighting dragons. Yeah, it's it's like a spin that pitches the Japanese Defense Force um, <laughs> as the good guys. It's it's basically like a, a effectively military propaganda for the Japanese yeah, defense. Yeah, hundred percent. Love it. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, what if tanks versus versus uh, fantasy monsters? Come watch how awesome tanks are. It's essentially, if you had the ability to um, instead of izakai one person, you could izakai the entire Japanese defense force. All right. High fantasy versus military. I haven't actually watched Log Horizon. Oh, I would put myself behind Log Horizon. I actually reckon you would love it. That's my first choice. So I'm going to put forward Log Horizon then. Right. Season one has 50 episodes. It's a um, it's much like a video game. So think um, sort out online, but done properly. Where a guild, um, much like Gunnam, um, <clears throat> got together and basically they were their leaders in the in a video game, and then they get transported into the actual world that they were playing the video game in, but in a later like season, um, a later release, and so it's basically ha- how they survive there. There's a there's a brilliant TV show, Raw. If you like that, that and it's a real life TV show called Video Game High School. Okay. Um. And it's it's basically video games in real life. It's brilliant. Cool. I'll check it out. Anything else we need to cover? I think we're done. All right. Well. So our next show is. Our, our next show uh, is. I think. I think we should set time now and just sort of set with it. If you know what I mean. Can we um, can we do that offline and yeah, then, that, then shout it out in the channel so that Done. we and uh, so we'll get the we'll get the time out there for the uh, public gathering for Anime Club and then we'll also get our our time for roundtable set up as well and uh, hopefully stick to it even if a member or two has to miss here and there because um, jumping schedules around doesn't help anybody um, so. Um, that's all I've got guys. I appreciate your time and coming on and sharing your opinions with us. Uh, Miku pleasure. Same. Roar. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks mate. Uh, Bal. 
Much appreciated, especially your efforts with the uh, taking over the anime club. And um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, thank you. And um, I will be doing next weekend. Um, I will be doing a live sometime over the weekend, a live chat that anyone can join into. All right. Well, we'll get that shouted out. All right. That's all we've got, everybody. Thank you. We appreciate everybody that listens, and we will talk to you all later.